Hello and welcome back to the Addicted to Healthy podcast, your one-stop destination for all things health and a kick-ass life. So I'm Laurence, a certified nutritional practitioner and health coach and the host of the Addicted to Healthy podcast. Today I have Kelly Folk on the podcast. She's a nutrition coach, fitness enthusiast, and self-love evangelist. And I'll be diving into her journey around hypothalamic amenorrhea, so losing her period, as well as disorder eating, bikini competition, um, body image issues, all of that. And I think it's a really important topic because there is an epidemic of body image issues as well as loss of period and hormonal imbalances. And it's also an opportunity to kind of highlight the differences between HA and PCOS. Um, I coach around PCOS, so there can be misdiagnosis. It's really important to get a proper diagnosis so that you know what is the root cause and what you can do to start healing. So we're gonna go through that. I think it's really important uh, because it is so common these days and to really know um, what you can start to do. And there is really a focus on restriction and over-exercising these days, which is not going to help, especially for women's health. And this is what we're gonna get into. So I just wanna introduce you to Kelly. She, as I mentioned, is a nutrition coach, uh, fitness coach, and she helps women become the best version of themselves by ditching the diet mindset and embracing a healthy, sustainable relationship with the foods they love. Health and wellness entrepreneur, Kelly is a spiritual mindset coach that women need in order to overcome their struggles with food and live their life diet-free. Kelly works with clients in one-on-one and group settings through her coaching program, Diet Ditcher Academy, which she will talk about at the end of the episode. So I'd like to welcome Kelly to the podcast and introduce you to Kelly Folk. Hey, Kelly. So I am so stoked you're here. I'm really excited for the topic that we're going to address, which is amenorrhea. And I know you have a lot of experience with this. So I'm really excited to hear your story and then really get into what it is and how to manage it. Because I know a lot of women are experiment are experiencing loss of period and menstrual regularities. So I think this is going to be a great episode. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> of course. So as usual, I always want to ask you how you got started. This is always the question I kick off with uh, because as health coaches, we usually have a story behind what we're doing. So tell me how you got into becoming a coach. So I, it's like my story has gone down like a million different avenues but um, basically, I had been like an athlete my whole life. Working out was my life. And I struggled in the nutrition part for the longest time. I was like working out like crazy. I played soccer, so it was like a ton of running. And I was never like, I was like always like body conscious, but I was like always like, all right, I need to eat healthy. I need to eat healthy. I need to, like, I'm running all, all this all this running and uh, I'm not seeing the results that I want, like what is going on. So uh, I got really sucked into um, like the diet culture and eating like 12,000 calories a day (laughs) and running like crazy because I was doing like my own workouts on top of like all of my, my like soccer workouts. Mm -hmm. So it was like double the amount of exercise, which is like something super bad with the topic that we're going to get into. But um, so I basically uh, got into it 
right after I ended my soccer career because I played throughout college. And as soon as my last game hit, I got hit with extreme anxiety because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get fat because I'm not going to do anything. I don't have any of the running to save me anymore. I like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So right after that, I was like, all right, I'm just going to blindly hop into an NPC bikini competition, which is like the worst mistake ever. I was so uneducated, (laughs) so uneducated, but like going from the extremes that I was already doing to myself and then going into like a competition extreme, like that's something that I never, ever thought would be the way it was. And um, I came out of that, like not knowing what to eat and my body image, it's, my body image issues got worse and I thought I'd be coming out like, all right, I'm going to do a bikini competition. I'm going to come out of here looking great. And I lost my menstrual cycle during that whole time. And I was like, Oh, this is no problem. I'll just get it right back after I had been on birth control. So it was fine. And uh, I uh, ended up coming out of my competition way worse. I still hated my body. I had no idea how to eat. I was, I was like completely lost. So I guess like right after all of that happened um, was when I was like, all right, I'm so sick of being in this crazy mindset where like I had disordered eating and it was just like an ongoing cycle of just like hating my body, loving my body, hating my body, losing the same weight, gaining the same weight. Like it was just it was terrible. I hated it. So I just really wanted food freedom and I didn't want to have anxiety. I was constantly thinking about food, constantly stressing about food. Every time I went to a party, it was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to eat? This is all junk food. This is all bad food. And I'm putting like air quotes out that no one can see, but, (laughs) but I was just like totally, um, consumed by food. And I just, I honestly, I can't tell you what made me stop that, but I swear I just like woke up one day and I was like, I can't live like this anymore. I can't have food consuming me anymore. Excuse me. And then that's when I, everything changed for me. I was like, I want to get into nutrition. I want to get into fitness. I hired my first coach and well, after like my competition and it went, it went all uphill from there. (laughs) Wow. I think this is, a great story and something that so many people can relate to. So I think it's really interesting that you went into the bikini competition um, because I see this a lot with women and especially I like that you brought up that you went into it and of course you got really fit and you probably Mm -hmm. achieved a body type that most women really want. But you also mentioned that your body image got worse. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think a lot of people are you know, running after this image of how they want to look like and after they'll lose whatever, how much weight they want to lose, that they'll feel amazing, their life will be great. But then when they get there, they didn't really address any of the other stuff, right? So they're usually not happy. Do you kind of want to talk here about your experience with that? Yeah. So, and I think I I have, I've been working with clients too with this, but um, what I found is that the reason this because the reason that this was is because I hated my body going into it, and because I was so I was doing this out of hate for my body rather than doing it out of love and like 
doing it for the opposite reasons. Like I was literally doing it because I just wanted to be this fitness model and I wanted to have all these shreds. And when I came out, I was like, what do you like, what's going on? Like, I just, I just basically killed myself these last 12 weeks and I'm not looking the way I expected myself to look. But everyone around me was like, you look amazing. What do you mean? You don't love your body. You look incredible. And I just couldn't see it. And that's because when I first started, I went into it with a negative mindset that my body was, it was, um, fat. It, um, it wasn't worthy. And, uh, these thoughts, these negative thoughts just kept trickling in. And I would, no matter what step I hit, nothing, it wasn't good enough. So by the time I hit the end, I still wasn't good enough. Even though everyone thought I was, I wasn't because I never took that time to actually go through the whole process. And I never worked on my mindset throughout it. I just had this end goal of what I wanted the physical part of me to look and that's all I was focused on yeah and I think that's also brings up a great point that a lot of girls who are super skinny are fit they look in the mirror and all they see is imperfections or fat we can all relate to this oh, or sure. even some people on the other spectrum um who are maybe maybe a little bit overweight in terms of like society's image of weight or um they've gained some weight or whatever it is, but they, they see themselves as beautiful. So I think it's really interesting. It's really all about the mindset, like how you see yourself. And I, I love that you went into that because by chasing a specific weight or body type, that's not going to make you happy. It's really about addressing what's going on inside, right? Yeah, completely agree. So can you talk a little bit about how you found balance within your body and how you found body love like how were you able to go from that position of hating your body to loving it and I can imagine that was with the help of a coach but what did that look like what did that journey look like yeah it was definitely with the help of a coach I mean I needed that accountability I needed that extra push to kind of like that extra voice inside my head that was like okay you're you're doing okay like you you look fine or because we, we're our own worst critics, critics. So if we don't see our results right away, even though we see ourselves every day, which is why we don't see them every day, but if we don't see them right away, we can often get so discouraged so quick. But when you have that outside source that's constantly like that, almost like that unbiased opinion, that's not, that's going to tell you the truth, whether you, they're not going to tell you what, what you want to hear, basically. So they're going to be able to see that side of you that you can't see. So I basically, the, the coach part was probably a, like a, one of the biggest factors, but it wasn't like the coach didn't do it for me. I had to do the work. So I had to dive into self-development. I had to, like I was huge on um, journaling and affirmations and just constantly every day, whether it was like, taking the time out to like, I don't know, celebrate one win that I had for the day. Like I had to celebrate it and I had to celebrate it hard and really get it in my mind that this is a, no matter how big or small this accomplishment was, like I did it. And that's basically 
what helped me a lot. And even like not focusing on the scale, like I was a huge slave to the scale and working with someone that got me away from that because I used to equate my success based on what that little number told me. And uh, let me tell you, when I was at my fittest, I uh, was also at my unhealthiest part of my life. And quote unquote, because my weight was at the lowest it ever was, but I was so unhealthy. I mean, that's when I stepped on stage. Yeah. I mean, stage takes you to different extremes, but no matter what weight you're at, it doesn't, it doesn't equate to health unless you have other things going on. There's just so many other factors rather than that scale weight. And once I realized that and wasn't so focused on that, and I started to focus on my energy and I took progress pictures and I was comparing them and I stopped focusing on every little thing that I hated and I started just accepting them and saying, and, and it also helps too. I know social media can get you down sometimes, but there are a lot of amazing people out there that are expressing their imperfections, which also makes you realize that they're human too. And they also have what you're going through. So, and that's what I pride as being a coach is just, showing my vulnerabilities and being very vulnerable in my imperfections. But I think that's what the biggest turning point was for me was to just actually do the work and just continue to do the work no matter how small it was, but I just had to keep doing it. Oh yeah. I totally agree with that. I think as coaches too, um, I mean, we can get a little bit into the space of, oh, what if my client doesn't get the results she wants or whatever it is, but it's really about they have to do the work. You can be their guide, but they are their own healer. So I think it's really important that you brought that up. Um, and even with my own health journey, I mean, I haven't just said, okay, one person has healed me. I took um, guidance from every person on my journey, but I put it together myself, right? So it's really about recognizing your growth as well and your progress and putting in the work every day. I think that's really important. And then you start to love yourself even more because of the work that you're doing and you can actually like look into, oh my God, I'm actually making progress. I'm actually like getting Mm -hmm. through these difficulties. So, and I want to talk about obviously the struggles you went through. Um, We're going to get into the absence of periods, especially talking about hypothalamic amenorrhea. Um, I think this is a great topic that I'm going to get into now because, as you know, I specialize with PCOS, um, and I've seen more and more women come to me with loss of periods and menstrual regularities and all of that, and I think PCOS is getting um, more common due to different reasons, but it can also get misdiagnosed, and one of the... um, diagnoses that we see as well that doesn't get um, enough attention, I think, is hypothalamic amenorrhea. So basically, the absence of periods, um, but this is basically a diagnosis when no other diagnosis can be found. So um, PCOS would be ruled out, uh, menopause would be ruled out, things like that. Um, It would really be like the last diagnosis that you can get when there's no other cause. So I want you to talk a little bit about your experience with that. How did you first find out that you had it? Did you go to a doctor? Were you diagnosed um, with hypothalamic amenorrhea? Yes, I was diagnosed, but it took me, it took me over, it took me almost a year to, to actually get that diagnosis. Um, I actually wasn't misdiagnosed with PCOS, which was kind of a relief, yeah. but um, 
I just started off. I just took myself off of birth control. That's how I found out that I lost my, my cycle. But, um, I mean, looking back, I probably hadn't had a real cycle in a long time just because, um, when you're dieting to certain extremes and you're not eating enough and you you have a ton of stress, um, that can just, those things alone can have you losing your, your cycle. So, um, which are, which are all things that I had before that, but, um, I just, I just took myself off of birth control because I thought I didn't want to have those chemicals in my body anymore. I wanted to be more holistic. Um, I've gotten a lot more holistic over the years. And that was like one of the one things that I was like, okay, I'm just going to take myself off. I don't want to be it on anymore. I had extreme anxiety. Uh, I had depression for a couple of years and I was like, nope, I'm not going to do it anymore. So I didn't even think anything of it. I just, lost my, my cycle the first month. I was like, okay. Like they said, that was normal. My OBGYN said it was normal. Oh, you might just, you might not get it just because you took yourself off. Your body's regulating. Then three months went past and I was like, okay, I still don't have it. My OBGYN was like, oh, that's okay. Like your body still, still might be regulating. Let's just wait. So we waited. I waited almost six months and I went back she took blood tests and all of my levels were like completely all over the place. And she was like, well, the only solution to this is to put you back on birth control. And at this point, like I had done like my own research and I was like, I'm completely, this is like when the whole like anti um, birth control like wave came out and I was like, okay, I'm not going to do this. this. Is not This is not the only solution. So I decided that I wasn't going to go back on birth control and I was just going to wait it out. If it was going to come, it was going to come naturally. And I was like supplementing with like certain foods and I wasn't, I really didn't do that much research into it at the time. And then like nine months went past and I was like, okay, this is not good. <laughs> so I ended up going to an endocrinologist and we did another blood test and um that's when she was like okay let's do um it's called a trans transvaginal ultrasound like that's another thing just to make sure i didn't have cysts or anything and uh, she was like okay well i didn't have pcos she ruled that out which was like awesome and then she's like okay it has to be like a pituitary gland thing or your hypothalamus and she's like i'm just going to diagnose you with the hypothalamic amenorrhea i was like okay where do I go from now? <laughs> so that was like, that's how I got diagnosed with it. But I do have to say that I personally didn't trust my endocrinologist all that much. So she didn't really have like a plan for me after. So I was like, okay, well, I got the diagnosis. So like, where do I go from now? This is where I went heavily into my own research <laughs> and I ended up purchasing. I listened to podcasts like crazy. I was like on examine.com, like just lo looking up everything. And I ended up getting a book called no period. Now what? And it's, if anyone is out Sorry, here, which one like, is it? it's called no period. Now what? Oh, interesting. Okay. I haven't heard of that one. I read a yeah. lot of them, but not that one. Yeah, it's really good. It's a really good book. And it goes into, um, the symptoms, like all about uh, hypothalamic menorrhea, it even goes into like 
on the misdiagnoses between PCOS and hypothalamic amenorrhea. So it's a really good book. I highly suggest if anyone's thinking that this might be them. But um, I can go into some of the symptoms that I had. Yeah. Just that got me really curious. So I started losing my, like, I had, like, I have really thick hair. I started losing my hair like crazy. It was very thin. I had brittle nails. Um, I had a tough time losing fat and building muscle. So if I wanted to go into a fat loss phase, it was very difficult for me to lose that fat. And when I went into building phases, it was like super, super hard. I mean, building muscle on its own is, can be difficult, but it was like extremely hard for me to do. I was always tired and fatigued and my, my workouts were terrible. Like my body just hurt. Like I would wake up some mornings and I just, I couldn't move because I couldn't recover from my workouts. And obviously the loss of my menstrual cycle, um, I had adrenal fatigue, brain fog. I was extremely stressed. My anxiety and my depression were still there. So it was like all of these little things were just coming up sporadically once I started to lose my period and I started to realize all that I started paying attention to my body and I was like this this is not good (laughs) I need to do something about this oh yeah for sure and I think that it's it's important that you also brought up the pill and working with a practitioner that you trust and that you know you you feel comfortable with Mm -hmm. um and having that gut feeling I think where you went from your doctor or your gynecologist to your endocrinologist um and then really seeing, like, what is your gut feeling? Like, with the pill, you had that feeling like you didn't want to go on it again. Um, and, I mean, it is a big issue because, for the most part, with hormonal disorders, um, most doctors aren't really trained about what to do um, in regards to kind of getting your period back. So the only thing they really prescribe is the pill. Um, so the pill doesn't really address that as we both know, because yeah. it turns off your hormones, um, you actually don't have a real pill bleed either. So even if you are getting your period on the pill, it's not a real period. Um, it shuts down your natural hormones. So basically your hypothalamus just shuts down the hormones because you don't need to make them because you're getting these synthetic hormones, right? Yeah. Um, and so... I like that you also brought up about stress, malnutrition. Um, there's lots of different causes like depression, um, eating disorders, low body fat, excess exercise, which is all that you went through. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this is being seen in a lot of women too, especially with athletes, um, because if you get below 16% body fat, you want to be at around 19, a BMI of at least 19. Um, but this is becoming more and more common as we have this society that is focused on weight and being skinny. Um, and then we see all these girls losing their period. Um, so I know that you went through disordered eating. Yes. Um, and what did that look like with you? What do you think triggered it? Was it, um, I mean, we talked a little bit about your self-worth and all of that. Um, but was there a specific trigger, do you think, to your disordered eating? Um. That's a really good question. I don't think it was very specific. I think it was a combination of of a bunch of things. I was always into fitness and I always like wanted to be this super fit muscular girl. Like I had this vision that I saw myself looking as and 
the only way I thought I can do that was if I if I went to certain extremes and um, I, I don't like have any traumatic story I know some people like they'll get in disorder eating by like past like events and stuff or if someone like said something to them when they were in like during childhood or anything like I didn't have anything like that I was I was always petite I'm only 4'11 so but I always like I always like wasn't comfortable in my skin I always thought I was stocky and I didn't look at stocky as being like an okay figure I didn't look at like being built as a as a an okay like body image I always thought that if you weren't like super skinny, you had a thigh gap, any of that, then you weren't considered fit or thin. Yeah, and I think that we all have our own, I mean, it doesn't have to be one specific tri trigger, like you said, there's a lot of people mm -hmm. who can have like specific traumatic event, but it's also even, I think, our society that is kind of um, a trigger to that or even like high school or other people's mm -hmm. opinions, even the media. I think that's a big one as well. Oh, agreed. Um, and then I just want to mention, so I kind of want to get into some of the ways that you start to manage it, um, but then just kind of put it out there um, versus, because I want to talk a little bit about, oh, is it PCOS or hypothalamic amenorrhea because they're very much linked and they're very common. Um, but another thing, as we mentioned, with the body weight, that's a huge trigger. I think that with excess exercise, it's probably um, the two biggest ones. So dieting and excess exercise, probably the two biggest causes. Yeah. Um, but basically with um, hypothalamic amenorrhea, your hypothalamus observes how much leptin you have. And this is made by your fat cells, right? So too little leptin actually can cause hypothalamic amenorrhea, um, which would be a good indicator for seeing if you do have hypo, uh, hypothalamic amenorrhea versus PCOS. Whereas with PCOS, you usually have too much insulin, uh, sorry, too much leptin, and that can cause insulin resistance and PCOS. So that's another thing as well. We usually see, um, of course, there is lean PCOS, but there's also more commonly overweight PCOS, and that is due to too high insulin too much leptin being secreted by the fat cells. So it's interesting because it's kind of like an inverse relationship um, with hypothalamic yeah. amenorrhea. You wouldn't have enough fat cells. Yeah. So, so how did you go from, I know you were into dieting and restricting. How did you kind of get into adding more food into your diet? Because I know that it's kind of counterintuitive to what we would think, um, you know, cut the calories and then be healthier or whatever, or lose weight, but then how do you kind of go into that, adding more calories into your diet, or what did you do? Where did you start with this? So I, I basically, I, I just made the decision to just go all in, and I had to, I had to accept what was happening with my body, and that I had to honor its health, and although I wanted to be I wanted to stay lean and all that. I had to honor my body and say, this is not what's going, what's going on with me right now is not healthy. It's not the best for my body. If I continue to keep doing what I'm doing, my health is just going to keep getting worse. And that's not what I want. So I really had to honor my body and myself. And I had to just go all in and get super uncomfortable. So what I decided was, um, so 
for the recovery for HA, you, a lot of people who have HA, um, like you mentioned, go into very restrictive diets and very low calorie eating. So, which is something that I had already um, basically recovered from, but because I had done so many years prior of, of um, extreme under eating, my body was still undernourished and underfueled. So I had to be eating, I had to eat a lot more. And the same thing, um, it still sounds counterintuitive, but I had to gain weight and I had to work out less because my workouts just from years prior and even, even now, like my workouts are like super advanced now because been, I've been doing it for years. So I had to significantly just take out all of my cardio. I hadn't stepped on a cardio machine <laughs> in like months, but um, I just had to stop working out. It's not like my body was even asking me for it because I was so sore and I couldn't recover from anything. But because I didn't want to get, I didn't want to lose all my lean muscle, even, even like, like this was only a couple months ago. And I still had, like, I, it was very hard for me to get out of this mindset that I was going to be losing everything when really, I wasn't really losing anything, but I was gaining my health. And it, I mean, it was hard. It's hard at first. I mean, no one really wants to put on body fat. No one wants to gain weight. But if I wanted to be healthy, I had to put that to the side and honor my health and just go all in. And so what are some other, like, what are some tips and tricks that you use for kind of getting through that? Because I'm guessing a lot of like blocks came up for you. Do you oh, have yeah. any like tips or some things that worked for you? I, this is where my where I had practiced in the very, very beginning of my journey, where I had practiced all the affirmations and I really had to focus on my mindset because it's very, I mean, I'm human. We're all human, right? So, so when, yeah. we, <laughs> when we see our body going in the opposite direction in which we want it to, and, and it's on purpose, it's, it's a very hard pill to swallow. But I just had to keep reminding myself that I'm healing. I'm not doing this because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm doing this because I'm healing. This is making me better. This is, this is going to help me in the long run. And the more that I, I kept reassuring myself that this was, this was working, like this was going to work, and that I was going to recover. This is all for recovery. The thing with, the thing with um, HA is that when you're recovered for a certain amount of time, I mean, it does take time, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You, you can go back to exercising the way that you want to, and you can eventually get yourself back up to where you were. It's just going to take time, but you're going to be doing it in a healthier way. So I just had to keep telling myself that I was doing this for my health and um, just honor my body. I mean, it was, it was difficult. I, I definitely had my days where I was like, the, the stinks. I mean, I'm like, I felt like I just, I lost my, my appetite because I just felt like I was eating so much. I mean, they recommend you to eat around 2,500 to 3,000 calories. And I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> so, I mean, just, just always reminding myself that this is for my health and uh, that, I had to love my body 
in this new phase. I had to learn how to love my body in a different way. And just to stop looking at my overall physique as being the only way that describes me. I mean, that's not the only way that people view me. I mean, people don't, people don't come up to me because, I mean, I hope they don't. They don't come up to me because I look good. <laughs> like they, I want them, to, I want them to, to be attracted to me for my personality and, and all that. So, but it definitely, the recovery was, it was like a blessing in disguise for me because I learned to love my body in a different way that I never thought that I could. So you mentioned eating more, but what does that look like? Does that look like just going to McDonald's or just adding some more potato chips or was there a specific kind of diet that you followed or how did, walk us through like what your day would look like or what kind of meals you would focus on? Okay, so a typical day, I mean, I was, I'm a very, like, creature of habit, so I usually ate, like, the same things all the time, but I, I do have to say, like, I really focused on nourishing my body with whole foods, and I know that can be very difficult to, to do in high volumes, so I would, I mean, I didn't, restrict myself from having those more calorically dense things, but I made sure I was eating a lot more fats because fats are super good for your hormone health. And I made sure that I was not neglecting my carbs or not neglecting protein. So I, I ended up, I, I used to track macros and I had to just stop. Um, in the beginning, I did it a little bit more just to make sure I was eating enough. But um, I just, I just focus on like nourishing my body with um, like a lot of whole foods. So I eat a lot of like sweet potatoes. Um, if I wanted more like more calorically dense carbs, I'd eat like rice or um, trying to think of what else I would eat. But then I'd like, and then I, if I wanted to, I'd have like peanut butter, which is not bad, but I'd have like peanut butter and rice cakes or just to get those carbs up or the calories up. Sorry. And then, um, like at night, like if I, if I wanted to have like a waffle or some halo top, like I didn't restrict myself from it because I needed to get my calories in, but I just focused more on nourishing my body. But I also like knew that it was okay to have those other foods. I mean, you're healing your gut at the same time. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't recommend <laughs> eating like McDonald's and Taco Bell and all that. I mean, you can definitely have it every once in a while. I mean, I'm a big advocate of finding balance and food freedom, but when you have like HA and you need to get your calories up, that's not an excuse to eat like a jerk. <laughs> yeah. And I think that we both come from similar backgrounds with like disordered eating and restriction because I mean, like you mentioned, there is a time for healing and that's usually when you see more restriction where it could be like certain allergens or whatever, mm -hmm. some foods that disrupt your gut. Um, but I think for people who are more prone to addictive behavior or disordered eating, that can get very dangerous because when you are tracking too religiously or you're restricting too much, especially for long periods of time, that can backfire on you, which I've experienced as well. So I think it's really important. Um, I mean, there is a certain time where you might need to be more restrictive, 
but um, also focusing on balance, like you totally preach, which I love, um, <laughs> because when you do regain your health, a bad meal is not going to kill you, but I kind of like following like the 80-20 rule, um, you know, just focusing on whole food yeah. as much as possible, but for me, I can't do like the all or nothing approach anymore because that just makes me spiral out of control and I think a lot of people are similar and I think you went through the same thing as well so I think it's important to note that I mean to find balance you need to be okay with you know maybe eating something that's not the most nutritious thing on the planet once in a while um, but if you want it then just enjoy it and when you find that balance and when you get to that place um, you know that you're really you know starting to heal. So I think that's really important um, note. And then something I just wanted to get into is, um, of course, stress with HA. That's a really profound um, trigger because um, when we are in the sympathetic mode, um, that's put stress on all of the organs in your body, but it's even more profound on females because of basically telling your your body that it's not safe to have a baby or be pregnant. So why would you have a period? Why would you um, be able to conceive if it's not safe in the world to have a baby, right? So mm -hmm. this is where it's really important to address the parasympathetic and the sympathetic mode. Um, and there are so many things, obviously, that address stress. Um, restrictive dieting is one, but also, as you mentioned, excess exercise. So what does a workout routine look like when you're in this space of over-exercising and you lost your period and you're under so much stress, but you obviously still want to get in movement and exercising is healthy, of course, but we need to find a balance. So how did that look like for you when you started getting back on track and trying to get your period back? Yeah, so... In the beginning of my recovery, I stopped all exercising, which now, I mean, I do work with a coach now who specializes in exactly what I'm going through. So, and I, but I wasn't working with him in the beginning. But what I did was because my body was so overworked and it was so sore, I just, I stopped. I went more into um, just walking being in like a lot of stress-free environments, like in nature, I would always take walks. I'd take like three or four walks a day. And um, I also had like this lake by my house that I, in the summer, I would, I would walk around there. It's about five miles, but just being out there in a stress, like, I mean, cardio is good. I mean, it's good for your heart health. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't definitely take that out, but um, I couldn't, I wasn't, I was staying away from all running. I mean, I still, I just started getting into a little bit of running again, but um, HA is super common in those who run, especially um, like the loss of your menstrual cycle, just because um, it is, it does put a lot of stress on your body if you're not feeling yourself enough. But um, I had to stop all cardio and the only cardio I was doing was just walking. And then um, once I started to get, more back into weightlifting, I had to go super, super easy. Like he had me on a plan where all I was doing, I mean, I'm still in this recovery phase where I'm only going in, I'm doing a few circuits and no heavy lifting whatsoever, not putting that stress on. I'm going in there strictly for um, just like a nice pump, like a nice, nice workout, 
getting in, getting out within 45 minutes. I'm not doing hour-long workouts anymore. And it's just more of getting your body moving rather than focusing on basically I, I, I don't go in with a goal that much anymore. And I mean, it's a very different because I used to go in, okay, like I'm going into to this workout for um, like building muscle and let's see how much weight I can, I can lift today. Like more is like, now I'm more into just I'm healing and I'm honoring that. And I know that I'll be able to get back to, to where I am building for muscle again. And I am building for fat loss. But right now it's just getting more into the movements again, very light doing nothing high intense because the high intense is going to put your body under stress and that's what you're still trying to reduce and a lot of yoga I was never a yoga person I'm still I wouldn't call myself a super huge into yoga but I do it like once or twice a week on my own a few movements and that's how I get my body moving yeah, I love that you mentioned that as well. I, I started getting into yoga and it's something I really need to get into more. But I think it's yoga, Pilates, walking mm -hmm. are fantastic ways that you can add movement into your day, but also activate that parasympathetic um, mode, which is so important. And it actually helps like build lean muscle too. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people think that, oh, they need to be like sweating buckets and like literally like on the floor. But usually if you get to that point, it means you're going too far. You exactly. should feel like energized after your workout, right? So I think the timing and amount and the type of workout is so important. And I love that you mentioned that. And walking is, I think, really underrated because people just think that it's like, you know, it's not really exercise, but it can be one of the most beneficial exercises you add into your day. So I think, I think oh, that's... I I think it's the most important one, to be honest. <laughs> totally, yeah. And nature, even better. If you can add oh, yeah. those two together, that's like a double win. Yeah, for sure. And so I wanted to get into one more thing with you. Were there any supplements that you added to this journey or that you are adding or that you've seen help you with HA? So I, uh, in the beginning, I wasn't taking anything, but I'm working with... Um, a holistic practitioner and he has me on so many things just because I have other things going on with my health so I can't really pinpoint which ones are actually for HA <coughs> excuse me but um, I want to say like I'm trying to think of what I have I don't have it in front of me <laughs> too many I, I don't um, <laughs> yeah I definitely do have a lot which yeah. at first like would scare me because I'm like very anti-supplements. I used to do that when I competed and I just, I hated it. But um, yeah, I definitely have like, but it's all natural. So a lot of like relaxation stuff. So like magnesium is um, one of them just to get your body like more relaxed. Um, uh, a lot of stuff for adrenal fatigue. So um, I was drinking more of like, um, Organifi's, um, what is that? The gold. Oh my God, that um, one's amazing. Night. I'm obsessed oh, with so it. So good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. But just, just trying to, to keep my body as stress-free as I could. Um, but supplementation-wise, I feel like that's very individualized, you know? 
because I do suffer from other things. I do have celiac disease, which causes a lot of stuff in my gut. I do have IBS, which causes a lot of disruption in my gut. So, and then on top of the HA, it's all like very individualized, you know? Totally. Yeah. Everybody's unique, but I also like that you did mention magnesium and like adrenal support. I think with HA though, it's all individualized, but the stress factor is going to be across the board. So magnesium, it's like something I think everybody should get on because it's so depleted these days and with stress, it's just like dumped out of the body. So that with an adrenal um, herb or that could be a tea or supplement, it's going to help regulate that hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis and then help ease with stress and relaxation. So yeah, I love that you mentioned that. Those are like two of the ones that I'm always on because I'm always stressed out too. Um, and you know, with hormonal imbalances, it's so linked to the HPA axis, obviously, and the adrenals. So I think that's really important. Um, and then even adding it as a food, like you said, with the Organifi kind of, it's like turmeric and then there's yeah, like reishi, turkey tail maybe. And those are all helpful for like cortisol balance and adrenal balance. So I love that you mentioned that. I think that's super important. So before we kind of close off things here, where would you say where people think that, oh, they could have HA or they lost their period? Where can they start? What's the first thing? Where can they get support? Um, How can they get started? If you have any signs of this, like I would absolutely just go directly towards your um, practitioner. So whether that's your OBGYN or going to um, an endocrinologist or even, um, I mean, I'll put my coach out there at Nutrition Dynamic. They are freaking amazing. <laughs> but going in, in terms of being diagnosed, I mean, you need, there's so many different um, parts of the diagnosis that you need to get. So the transvaginal ultrasound, the blood tests, um, uh, what else? Sorry, I just like dropped a blank. <laughs> no, yeah, it's totally important to obviously get a proper diagnosis, as we mentioned, with HA and PCOS, for instance. There are tons of other things, too, but those can overlap, um, and those can be misdiagnosed. So I definitely think that I agree that it's important um, to get a proper diagnosis. So the ultrasound, totally. Um, blood tests, very important, too. And then finding a practitioner, I think we also mentioned who you feel that you can trust and you feel good with. I think that's an important part of your journey because there's also going to be a lot of, you know, mindset and emotional things that come up and you want to feel like you're in good hands as well. So yeah, I definitely think working with someone is super important and who gets it. Um, And I'll put a link to the nutritionist or whatever coaching thing (laughs) it is that you went through. Um, But yeah, I definitely agree with that. And where can we find you? Let us know. So what you do exactly right now, um, if you have anything that you want to let us know about, like programs, um, anything that we can follow you on, like social media, what's going on with you? Yeah, so because I'm going through all this and this basically was derived from my crazy dieting background, I'm like super passionate about stopping people or women from getting to this point. So I'm very passionate about food freedom and helping others stop the restrictive eating and 
just basically finding that food freedom that works for them and that balance that pretty much everyone wants. I mean, there's not someone out there that I haven't heard that like loves being on a meal plan, but, (laughs) but that's it. Um, that's what I'm passionate about doing. And, um, I have a, a group program that I'm launching right now. It's called um, Diet Teacher Academy, and I go super into depth. I don't go into um, healing any of HA. This is not like a program for that, but this is just um, basically if you're stuck in this restrictive eating where you're constantly stressed about food, you're constantly um, um, falling on and off track, and you're just food obsessed this is this is like the program for you this is where i teach you how to find that balance and i use all the tools that i went through that i used and that i've learned from many of my coaches and mentors over the years and yeah but you can find me over at um, instagram that's where like my main home is. I'm not big on Facebook, but I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah, I see you on Instagram. I love what you're doing. And I think it's so, so important um, for especially girls nowadays because of social media, but so many other pressures. Um, and just, I think we've all gotten into the diet or over-exercise or restriction um, in some point in our lives. So I think it's so important what you're doing. I love the work that you're doing and your message. So um, you. I applaud you for doing that and, you know, finding your path and healing yourself. I know it's not an easy journey. Um, so I'll definitely put in the links to everything that you're doing so we can check you out. Thank you so much for coming on. I think this was a really, really informative talk and just a good message to get out there. So thank you again. Yeah, thank you. Hey guys, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. As usual, if you enjoyed it, if you learned something new, I always appreciate a rating and review on iTunes and I'm giving you a gift if you do. So if you do write a review, just screenshot it to me on Instagram, Facebook, or email and you will get my gift of hacking PMS. So it's a guide on PMS. If you do have any symptoms around your period, it can be very useful for understanding um, why you have these symptoms and some useful action steps that you can take to start to reverse these inflammatory symptoms. So that's my gift for you. Always appreciate any support and feedback you guys have. I really enjoyed chatting with Kelly today. I think it was a really important topic to discuss. Just want to go through some other things. We did mention Organifi. So I do just want to mention that, um, you can get a discount with me for Organifi. So Organifi has different powders like green powder juices. And then the gold one that we're talking about is so good. I'm obsessed. It's literally my favorite part of my day at night is having this drink that's like a turmeric latte. And it has some mushrooms in there like reishi that are helpful for boosting your immune system, but also just calming down and balancing those adrenal glands who are usually overworked in our day-to-day and it also helps balance those cortisol levels so helps you be sleepy at night and then helps to regulate your circadian rhythm throughout the day so they have a bunch of different adaptogens in there and it tastes so so good so you can save 15 percent with the code Laurence 
Uh, you can also go into my Instagram and then you'll also see that um, in my bio. And another one for Sigmatic, if you haven't tried them, they are amazing. They also have drink blends with adaptogens and you can either have some that are more energizing or some that are more relaxing. It's going to help um, keep you energized throughout the day, but also help balance those cortisol levels and balance your circadian rhythm so that you're actually feeling more awake in the morning and tapering down at night. And it also is going to give you um, that energy boost if you're looking for something that's non-caffeinated but going to help you with your energy um but it's not going to give you like the jittery energy that you could get with like coffee so i really recommend that they also have a coffee blend that has adaptogens in it so you're getting that coffee but not the same jittery response so you're getting an even energy boost and you can get 10% off with the code Laurence with Four Sigmatics. So this is also in my Instagram profile, but if you are interested in trying these guys out, you can definitely save some money there. And one last thing I want to mention was I have a digestion workshop coming up on the 25th of November. So if you're in, in Vancouver, if you have trouble with your digestion or you just want to know how to optimize your digestive health, this is going to be a great event. So I'm partnering with Rose Wood. She's a wellness advocate and a yoga instructor. We'll be going through common digestive dysfunction, so symptoms like bloating, gas, constipation, diarrhea, all those lovely symptoms that we've all experienced, uh, why it happens. We're going to go through digestive overview and then natural remedies and ways to address it with your lifestyle and nutrition and supplements. So by having a discussion about that, we'll also have a 30-minute yoga class that will be specifically activating your parasympathetic nervous system and addressing your digestion. And we will also be having a essential oil demo. So talking about how you can add these essential oils into your routine to help support your digestion. And we'll also be doing a cooking demo with some foods and recipes that can be really helpful for supporting your digestion. You'll be going home with some goodies from Organica, as well as some local kombucha, um, an ebook with recipes as well. So it's going to be a really fun morning. It's from 10 a.m. to noon on November 25th. So that's Sunday at True Nosh Kitchen, uh, which is a really beautiful space downtown around West Broadway. So if you are interested, you can look it up on eventbrite.ca. You can also find it on my Instagram or my Facebook, or you can also just message me and I'll give you some details on that. It's going to be a really fun workshop. It's not just about sitting there and listening to me blab on. You're going to be moving and using your different senses, and you're going to be going away with action steps to take to really start to heal your digestion and your overall health, because it's not just about getting rid of those symptoms. It's about managing your overall health and achieving optimal health, and you can't achieve this without addressing your gut. So I'm super excited for this. And I would love to see you there if you are interested at all. Definitely don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, thank you again for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll talk to you soon.